I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Are you ready? What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed you are, Paul, is Fan Effect. stuff for KSL TV, and I do host the Fan Effect podcast, and we've been doing it for uh, six, five years now. Uh, we started in 2016. When we do stuff, it's really fun. Uh, we get really lively conversation. We have great debates uh, and great interviews. Uh, we just interviewed Rob Paulson the other day, a uh, good long, uh, hour-long talk where uh, he went over a whole bunch of things, including voicing uh, Yakko, obviously, from Manomaniacs. We... Uh, we get a lot of voice talent. Um, our first ever interview actually was here for Fanix, and we had Lou Ferrigno on. We did a video podcast for that one. Uh, and that was before he could hear. So I, I was hoping to get a chance to talk to him today and just you know, see how things were different and uh, get a chance to make it over. But I have been a nerd my entire life, uh, back when it wasn't as cool. Uh, you know, the idea of this happening, you know, Fanex would have been like a dream come true when I was uh, 10 years old. But I mean, that just didn't really happen anywhere. Uh, San Diego Comic Con. I mean, for I know that's the name that shall not be spoken here, but they, uh, you Trademark. know, they, they, you know, right? Did I just did, did I just incur a fine? Do I need to pay a million dollars for saying their name out loud? Um, but at any rate, the, having a place where everybody can get together and do this, and everybody can cosplay the way they do, and you know, obviously, cosplay package just comes so far. Uh, it's just totally impressive to see what uh, people have out there. I'm not good at cosplay because in my perfectionist mind, I can't cosplay anybody other right now than maybe Fat Thor. And like, because Luke, Luke doesn't have a, a belly, so if I wanted to cosplay as Luke, he's never had a, a dad punch, so I can't do it. But that's who I cosplay if I could. But I, I can completely appreciate, and um, and I love, I love taking pictures with people who put so much excellence in their craft and just nail it. And you know, Dan, you'll be able to talk about that a little better because you've actually done. Uh, but at any rate, uh, I'm really long-winded, I don't know if you've noticed, um, but my biggest claim to fame is when Mark Hamill actually replied to my tweet, not just like liked it, but he actually replied to it. When I found a video of some kid who ended up next to the most famous soccer player in England, and he didn't realize it until he looked at him and went, 
And I was like, hey, I wonder who makes you like that. I was like, for me, it would be Mark Hamill. And then, like, the next day you replied. Uh, I'm going to tell you where I was sitting. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, it, was, it was more than just a, you know, Mark Hamill liked your tweet, which would have been enough. But the fact that he replied just uh, totally got me geeked. And uh, I'm not going to tell you where I read it the first time, but it was very echoey in the room. And I'll just leave it at that. So that's, uh, you can do the math if you don't want to. That's me. My, my fandoms, my biggest fandoms are Marvel and Star Wars, but I really like a lot of things. You know, I don't have, there's nothing that I hate that has a fandom. There's just stuff that maybe I haven't been exposed to yet. All right. Uh, so I am his co-host and producer, Kellyanne Halverson. I am a giant nerdy girl, and Andy actually dubbed me the Salt Lake Town Girl, so I'm, I'm going to keep that title. Um, I have been a fan for ages of all sorts of different things, um, and I've talked my way into DC Comics offices for a private tour before. Um, I used to produce the movie show before I moved on to Fan Effect and some other podcasts, and um, I'm going to do a bunch of building up to Fanix uh, podcast specials, which is really fun. And I'm just so honored to see what, <laughs> see what Dan Park did. And I'm actually feeling it too. It was really good, I promise. <laughs> okay. Anyway, he said I'm his favorite, favorite media person because I get it. I, I get about, about what fan culture is. And Wait, he told me that too. Wait, oh, I no. heard that too. I'm starting to wonder if well, maybe he tells that to a lot of people. And because um, I just kind of get the culture, and it really is important to me because I'm actually a person that suffers from anxiety and OCD. And um, after years of just coming to Fanex as a guest, I slowly progressed to be more and more active and involved in the fan community as I felt more accepted. And um, now here I am today doing awesome stuff. I got to talk to Danny Barr last week. I I had a I got a narc and a hello nurse from. Um, the, what, the Warner oh, Brothers, yeah. <laughs> and I love being in Utah because this is such a beautiful place to celebrate. We have such a cool art scene from going to Hell Center Theater to the more liberal stuff. Um, it is just the funnest state to be in if you just want to be creative and be nerdy. And so I'm glad to be here. Okay. By the word, not to be there. Uh, Dan. <laughs> okay, that's me. Uh, hi, guys. I'm Dan Spindle. Uh, I anchor the morning newscast, uh, KSL Today, Monday to Friday. And the noon newscast, KSL 5 News Noon. Um, I've been doing that for about two and a half years. I've lived here in Utah for two and a half years. I've been in television news for 16 plus years. Um, so I've done a lot of interesting things as far as the news business is concerned and uh, different stories and, and talked to a lot of different people. Of course, selfishly, my favorite things to do are talk to celebrities who, you know, are, are in various things, right? Uh, Lou Ferrigno, you mentioned him. I've talked to him and uh, Cheech Marin and... Uh, you know, all kinds of people who are in movies and things, and I just, I'm always so excited about it um, because I'm a big nerd, and my two of my kids are here. They know that. Um, and Andy knows this because Andy and I, we talk about being long-winded. If he stops by my desk at work, we talk for an hour, and then he sprints back to the <laughs> booth to do traffic, and I said, wait, what was I supposed to do? But we talk in depth, and we're talking about, you know, theories and things that we've seen and things that we think about various shows and, and series. So it's fun for me to talk about things. I have five kids, and so I kind of feel like I have pushed my fandom on my five kids, and yet my kids have gone above and beyond what I ever thought about you know, being a fan when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, which were great times, but man, my kids are so far above and beyond that. And, and I'll tell you about that too. My son, who's here, has built some incredible um, cosplay uh, stuff. Um, so I just, I love, uh, you know, Star Wars is my, my main thing. You can tell from my attire and my phone case. But I, I love Star Wars, but I love Star Trek, and I love uh, Marvel and comic books and, and all of it. I just love what, what joy it brings to, to me, again, kind of selfishly, and then to the community that it gives to. There you go. I, I, got, to the, <laughs> I got to the skydiving. That's real. I, I was with the uh, Army's Golden Knights last year. So I've done, again, I've done some cool stuff story-wise. Um, my true desire career-wise growing up was to do, this is funny to tell radio people, but it really was to do radio because I love talk radio and I love talking. My limited and scripted job on television news feels like I'm handcuffed so often. So when Andy comes on once a week and we get to talk movies, that's a great time. The rest is just tough to do. I'm kidding. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but I, I'm thrilled. Yeah, that's me up there. Uh, 
Lori Pritchard, and so we get to talk. Andy said something just great that made me feel great the other day. He said, you know, when we talk about stuff, it sounds like you actually know what you're talking about. That's all. So that just made me feel like it's true. He goes, you're not just making this up. You actually have seen this stuff. So I said, yes, that's me. I'm a, I'm a big nerd. Um, I, I did tell my wife I would love to join the 501st Legion. Oh, me too. Uh, and she kind of told me that that as she'd be going another way. So uh, I haven't, but that's my dream is to someday get my kids out of the house, retire and put all my money into screen accurate uh, stormtrooper armor and off I'll go visit hospitals the rest of my life and make children <laughs> happy. So someday, someday. Or make a Star Wars movie. Or yeah. Because <laughs> don't forget, Dan didn't say that, but he also has an interest in filmmaking too, which is part of the reason that he does know what he's talking about. When he talks, he doesn't just be like, so, uh, Star Wars, eh? I work in television to pay the bills. I really wish I could have uh, been a filmmaker slash actor, director, all that. And that, that was my true dream. And here I am telling, you know, the daily grind of television news. And my, my wife just rolls her eyes all the time. Like, oh, tough, tough gig, dude. You get to talk for a living. That's what you get to do. So that is what I get to do, talk for a living. And the next is the one who gets to write for a living. Herb. Uh, hey everyone, I'm Herb Skrimmer uh, with the uh, Desert News. Uh, first, thanks for Kelly and for uh, inviting me on this panel. Thanks for being here. Um, I know there's a lot of cool things to see, so the fact that you check us out is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, we've only driven away three people so far. Hey! Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I work at the Desert News. I write about entertainment, trending news, politics, um, a lot of stuff uh, every day. Um, I have two major claims to fame, and they're not that major. Uh, one is I'm the I'm one of 11 people that KFC follows on Twitter. Uh, they decided to follow just the herbs and spices. I'm one of the herbs on there. Herbs and spices. 11 herbs and spices. Yeah, yeah. So that's one. That's why I won that trophy um, and some gift cards. I'm still waiting on an unlimited chicken, but I don't know. Um, and then the other thing to fame, I guess, is uh, I did a review for The Mandalorian a couple years ago and a quote from it. Um, the first and second seasons actually have been quoted in their commercials, um, which is insane for me um, as a huge Star Wars fan growing up. So anyway, that's my claim to fame. Um, I'm also a big nerd. Uh, I'm a fan of all kinds. I'm a huge sports fan, basketball fan, um, but I'm also really into Marvel, Star Wars. Um, those are kind of the main ones. Uh, I used to be a big Batman fan too. But uh, anyway, that's that. And uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming out. So appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, so By the way, I, I need to add, I forgot because it just happened so recently. My next biggest nerd claim to fame was about two hours ago, I got to moderate the panel with Peter Cullen and Frank Welker, which was awesome. They were awesome. <laughs> they were awesome. So that, uh, that's my most recent claim to third to fame that I uh, geeked out over sitting there next to him. For Did you do like a Chris Farley style? My first question is, you are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I literally was worried that I was going to be like, um, hey, um, Peter, you're out of time. Up to Miss Peter. Um, Remember, remember when Transformers the movie when you said Megatron you've gone too far and you're not too and then you guys got in a fight and then you died? Yeah. Did that hurt? Thankfully thankfully I made it through without any any gaps in it. But I, I did, I worried that that was gonna that This was is what happens when fanboys become fan men. <laughs> yes, they turn back into boys when they get around those things for sure. <laughs> So let's move on to a bit of our topic. So why Utah? Um, for me, I love Utah. I've grown up here. I have lived in California and even Canada at different points in my life. But there's something beautiful about this place and the culture and the people that come together and support each other in our creativity. Um, and I, I absolutely just love that feeling of welcoming and warmth. Like I literally the other day was coming back from Utah Renaissance Fair, walking around Walmart with elf ears and a full like outfit on. And like no one made fun of me or anything. People just complimented me. And it was so funny. So I just love being in this place that that just embraces that. Um, and I just I just love it here. And I've always kind of been here. This is my home. This is my home state. This is where I always come back to. So that's kind of my journey here. Um, was was grown here and was able to flourish once I accepted that the fandom is bringing me joy. Uh, let's just go down this way. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm from Massachusetts originally and uh, I would say that I think everybody watches Marvel, Star Wars, embraces their fandoms, right? Everybody does around the country, but it's it's very quiet. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I saw Star Wars last week. Like you just, and then you have an opinion about it. I think what's awesome about Utah is that everybody sees the new 
like internet pop culture thing uh, pretty quickly, and everyone's engaged in discussions immediately. And um, I just love that about Utah. You know, when I came here, I thought, oh, it's a Western state, and obviously I knew about the religious connections and um, just kind of had a base base knowledge of it. But then when I got here, and I realized, like, oh, like I can legit just start up a conversation about you know uh, Mega Mind or you know um, the Smurfs. I don't know, like just. <laughs> Just crazy things from all one end of this spectrum to the other, and I just love that about Utah. And I think, um, you know, obviously this is a very family-centered state, very family-centric, very family-oriented, and I think that's what helps lead to that. Is just that you know families want to be entertained, they want to be entertained with their kids, uh, and uh, just makes it easier to kind of embrace those things. So that's why I think Utah is such a great place for for families. Yeah. How deep do you want me to go? Because I started peeling back layers, and I, I, have, a, I have kind of a rabbit hole to go down for Utah. Um, I also, I'm not from Utah. Um, I was born in California, but it's safe to say I've lived most of my life in the West. A lot of years in Arizona, in Colorado. Um, my mom's from Idaho. And, and I do have Utah ties that go back, uh, you know, a couple hundred years to the beginning. So here's my take on, on Utah, and this is the deep dive of why. Well, first of all, as a reporter, we do statistics a lot. So one of the statistics that is fact-based is that Utah is the youngest state in the nation. So that's with the big families. We have a lot of kids. I have five kids, two of whom are here right now. Um, so sharing family activities, it just lends itself to pop culture, right? And that could be anything, like you said, Renaissance Fair, Star Wars, anything in pop culture. And so you've got that draw to the family aspect. If you want to take a deep dive, here's my take. So Utah, you can look at the religious aspect, but let's take the adventurous aspect of that, and you take the journey and what Utah is. So here's my take on Utah, because I've only lived here for a couple years. It's, it's ingrained in everything that is Utah, is the story of survival, the story of um, acceptance and charting a new course. So this pioneering spirit that's the story of pop culture. The majority of pop culture stories, whether it be comic books or literature, it starts with that hero's journey, if you will, and I'm sure we're going to bring up Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. You've got that with the state of Utah itself. In general, in the West, and I'll say Phoenix had a heck of a, a convention that we went to as well there, the West is the final frontier, Star Trek. It's It's... It lends itself to the idea of exploration, of finding the identity of the protagonist, and, and that story is just woven into what Utah is. The ruggedness of the Rocky Mountains matches the ruggedness of the individuals, Brigham Young, who, who came here, the pioneers who started it. But it, it, it continues on with this thread of those who come here now. Again, religion or not, you can feel just the the... This, this area has been hewn out of the side of a mountain, and it was this desolate place that has prospered and flourished. That's the story of a lot of these. Superman, for example, we were talking about it on the way over. He's uh, Kal-El is shot off of this planet that's dying, and he goes to a new unexplored world, and his father is his contact. So you've got this father-son aspect of all pop culture. That's the same thing uh, with the state of Utah. It just ties in to this mythology of the place. Not to mention Westerns, because Andy and I have talked a lot about that, too. Take a look at Star Wars. Take a look at Star Trek. You've got that Western tie-in. So you tied into that song. was called Wagon Train to the Stars. That's they're, what they literally they're, that's what Gene Roddenberry called it. Oh, awesome. And they call Star Wars space opera. Well, I mean, you look at Star Wars. Han Solo, the reluctant hero with the heart of gold, who's selfish, but he's not. And the, the farm boy who has his... His arc that uh, he has to accept his true identity of, of being, you know, the. the uh, Boba Fett's based on Clint Eastwood's yeah. Man with No Name. They go into a cantina, Han Solo literally flips him a coin and says, for the mess. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. not, it's not a veiled Western, it's a Western. And what I love about The Mandalorian is they just went all in. Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. Mandalorian was how much obvious Western tropes can we put into this, which, again, we're just eating up because we love it. So uh, even, the, even the newer Star Trek. Iterations where I don't know if the original Star Trek had a father son thing, but when JJ redid it, I mean, the very first scene is yes. Captain Kirk's father is sacrificing himself for his son to live. I mean, it's just it's the same story over and over again. But to me, when I look deep into the story of Utah, I said, That's the story of Utah, right? It's the story of, 
of carving something out of nothing and finding, even if you go to prehistory and you talk about the storytelling nature, and, and I'll probably touch on that again, is the storytelling nature of this people, it lends itself easily to the storytelling nature that is everything pop culture that just it, it, it hits home for a lot of people here. But don't forget the good versus evil aspect because no doubt. That, that's something that you can specifically point to religion and not it's not unique to one religion, but all religions. They essentially believe in the triad of good over evil. Yeah. So there's going to be the, the, like the, the, the people who are, who are generally, you know, uh, tending to be faithful to what they believe. There's a, already an ingrained feeling of a desire to see good triumph over evil, and so, you know, those are the best stories. Well, you know, the, the anti-hero has been more of a thing recently, but generally, people like the uh, the, the masses. I mean, not, if you look at uh, what Utah ends up finishing number one. In fact, I actually did some research on this since we talked about time uh, naming Utah the dirtiest state in America. I actually have the honest to goodness numbers that they use. So they analyzed Facebook data for every U.S. state in the District of Columbia and the percentages of users who listed these 12 criteria as interests. Star Trek The Next Generation, cosplay, Harry Potter, Star Wars, anime movies, Dungeons & Dragons, LARP, live-action role-playing, Doctor Who, Fantasy Lit, Lord of the Rings, Magic the Gathering, and comic books. Here we go. But overall, Utah ranked one. Here's, here's where Utah ranked in each of those areas. Um, their average rank was 5.1, and that was enough to best Alaska, which was 5.5. Which Alaska's nickname is the last frontier. I just had to say that. Okay, let's see. There's Alaska known for rugged individualism, as is Utah. There you go. So here are the top five, actually. Utah, Alaska, Wyoming, Idaho, Colorado, Washington. Rugged, Rocky Mountains. The only one east of Colorado is Kentucky, which comes in at number seven. And then it's immediately followed by Oregon and New Mexico. So of the top ten, only two are east of Colorado. It's the way. See, I, 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 I did not see these, by the way. That was my assumption. My opinion was, I bet you it's a Western thing. It is. Now look at where each one ranks. Utah, under Star Trek The Next Generation, we rank number two. Number one is Oregon. A cosplay, Utah, number one. Huh. Harry Potter, Utah, number one. Mm -hmm. Anime movies, Utah number 14, but I bet you that's higher now. Probably not. My yeah. daughter here is a huge Suddenly Anime fan. She bought a My Hero Academia poster today. She went to the My Hero Academia panel. She hadn't heard of My Hero Academia, I think, three, four months ago, but now she has. And she's all in. So I, I bet that one's higher. But for now, Utah 14 on that one. Dungeons and Dragons, Utah's number 15. But and this is where I thought it was interesting. Uh, the other one where we're way down is Magic the Gathering. We're number 18. Mm. I was a little surprised. I, actually, I'm not as surprised by those two numbers. Uh, just based on back in 1980, I remember Dungeons and Dragons. Every mother in Utah was like, you should never play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, how the world is Now, it's changed, and I don't think they knew what it was, and I think they went off of a news story where some kids played Dungeons and Dragons. Well, Harry Potter was like that, too, and they said, sorcery, oh no. And I think, well, what about the sword? we're number one in Harry Potter. We're number 15 yeah. in Dungeons and Dragons. But that doesn't surprise me necessarily, just based on you know the cultural history of the state that I've lived in for you know most of my life. Um, Doctor Who, we are number two. Fantasy Lit, number one. Lord of the Rings, number one. Fantasy Lit, that's interesting because would that be, uh, my son reads a lot of the books of Brandon. Well, we have, and say we have some. Yeah, there are a lot of fantasy, fantasy authors. All of, a lot of those were created here, right? Yeah. The authors who are local and authors. She looked at these films you were just talking about as well. A lot of them were filmed here in Utah. Like, yeah. It is, we have this really cool culture. <laughs> So, and then comic books, we were number four. So we, we're number one in one, two, three, four, five, six. Are we in Star Wars Wars again? We were number one in half of the categories. Star Wars, we were number one. Number one. Okay. okay, good. Just, and that was before you moved in. I, I know, I, I really, well, I, I now we're number one. With this, was, this was a few years ago? Yeah, I think the uh, official ranking was 2017. Well, we just, yeah, we but I'm sure that Utah is still number one, especially based on these criteria. I mean, for yeah. me, Star Trek Next Generation, I'm not into cosplay. Harry Potter, love. Star Wars, love. Yeah. Anime movies, I'm coming around on. Dungeons and Dragons, love the cartoon. But I do like the aspect of role-playing. You know, it's not so much about the game as it is the time you spend with the people and the fun that you can have. That's right. I see a lot of heads nodding. They know what I'm talking about. Um, 
That's a goal. Live action role playing. Yeah. It sounds fun. I've just never gotten into it. I think that kind of goes along with a lot of cosplay. And since I wasn't into the one, I wasn't into the other. Doctor Who. That is one I have never. I've seen. Got like five. I saw the first episode with the girl doctor because we did a podcast about it. So I watched the first episode with the girl doctor. But I mean, it's like so many episodes. It's, it's like supernatural. I can't start it now. It's too late. I miss the window. It's over. Um, and especially with what I have to do, I have to watch all the new stuff as soon as it comes out. So I drink from the fire hydrant while everything else is happening behind me. But um, so I mean, those are actual numbers that you can point to, and and everybody in here, honestly, okay. Well, you, you think about the time the Megaplex. Um, we there are the sponsors of. Yeah, this is, this is some actual quantifiable the, numerical yeah, measurements. Yeah. Yeah. The Megaplex is a sponsor of our podcast, and once a month we have them on to talk about what's coming up next and what we're excited for and what's some of the cool stuff that's happening at the Megaplex. And consistently, year uh, month after month, they're number one release in, the, in North America for this or for that. or you know, it's, yeah. it's so crazy, and it's so much fun because we all just come together and we go see these films. Megaplex South Jordan was number one for Rise of Skywalker, I think, right before Rise of Skywalker, Jungle Cruise, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And um, I cannot wait until they, they can really do the big events again. Like, I keep oh, asking Jeff no. every time I see him, every time the Megaplex people's on, it's like, when are we going to do events? I miss cosplaying. I want my mini Comic Con for these premieres. So the numbers still hold out. It's it's really a lot of fun. <laughs> My kids tell me that some of the best moments that they had, because this was before you would pick your seats, right? That's kind of the last five years. Um, when uh, Force Awakens came out, I mean, we sat, I took them out of school mm-hmm. so that we could sit in line, and then we sat in our chairs, and we got McDonald's, and we were there for eight hours, and, we, and then we watched the movie. And I thought, you know, are my wife and kids going to get tired of this? And they, they said, no, they said, Best memories that they had growing up were sitting there waiting to watch Star Wars and then watch it. So that's what the movie theater experience can still give you. But you, man, you get to select them now. Did you, you ask them like this? Did you guys enjoy it? Hey, I told you, have fun tonight. No, no, no. Well, then even we have such a support with that that the Megaplex does these marathons. You know, Herb is very fluent. I saw that in your bio, Herb. That's, uh, that's yeah. quite the marathon. Let's explain what those are in, in your experiences. Yeah, so. Um, for when Avengers Endgame came out, Megaplex Theaters hosted a 61.5-hour uh, movie marathon. So 61.5 hours straight, movie theaters, all the Marvel movies, back to back to back, wow. 23 movies. Um, I was went, put the before and after image that you posted about that, but uh, I thought it wouldn't be that mean, because it, it did take its toll. Yeah, that, uh, that was pretty bad. Uh, which ones did you fall asleep in? That'll be tell like No, I heard there was a strategy for that where they said stay awake for this one, sleep through this I'm one. I'm trying to think which ones eat during this one. one like as much as there was a there was a stretch from I'm uh, guessing the Hulk and Thor two were no, probably the ones they told you not I was, to. I was hyped at the beginning. I fell asleep during uh, the first Avengers movie and kind of slept through until the second Avengers movie. <laughs> Just straight up sleep. Um, and then Avengers 2 put me back to sleep because I'm actually not a big fan of that movie. Um, Age of Ultron. Ultron yeah. It's getting better thanks to WandaVision. Yes, so true. Um, so anyway, 61 hours of that. Um, it, was a, it was a great time, and I think that's pretty awesome that Utah is one of the, it's Salt City, the market, um, is one of those locations that gets to host those. No, it, 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 that's, I'm glad you said that because it's worth pointing out the studios choose where these yeah. things happen. This isn't something like the Megaplex is like, hey, we're going to show all the movies. Can you come? They got to get permission from the studio to exhibit some of these films. And the studios are like, oh, absolutely. And Herb and I, you, you and I did the, uh, and I had that in my bio. Oh, yeah. We, we made it through the uh, Star Wars 9 movie marathon and watched, uh, ended with The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one was uh, that one, that was a lot easier, obviously, than the Marvel movie. But uh, that one, I, I got a little sleepy during Force Awakens after that one. I missed all of Empire Strikes Back because I had to join. You were off that day because you were getting ready to go see it. I was off to me. Yeah, well, I did. I said with you, I do this thing, and I said, "Well, I can't do it without my kids." So thanks, guys. <laughs> I always I have tried to get to see a lot of things watching. I know, and I and I won't do it because because we have so much fun together. That's the thing. So that shows you that they would they would really hold it against I, me. I can tell you have fun together. <laughs> they would hold it against me if it's a dad you got to see it without us. So I know I was I was getting that. We obviously watch things together. I say you don't have to tell them that you saw it. <laughs> you can act just as surprised when you I see it the second time. Seeing what? I'm not that good of an actor, so I can't. Yeah, couldn't pull that. Well, and talking about these marathons, that's something uniquely Utah. And I'm going to combine these next two questions because I always forget how much 
My co-host talks. So what is your favorite fandom thing to do that is uniquely Utah? Um, whether it's Sundance, Tumble Square, this wonderful fanix comic convention. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start. One of my favorite things, which is semi-uniquely Utah, is going to the Utah Renaissance Fairs and seeing the Knights of Mayhem. Um, if you haven't heard of them, they had a, they had a National Geographic uh, season, which was amazing. Um, and they are a full armor, giant war host jousting team. And it is the coolest thing. And it's really fun because the owners are actually based here in Utah. Um, I just saw them a couple weeks ago at the Ren Fair, screamed so loud. And this is like full jousting, not balsa wood jousting, doubt, whatever they're, what's it called? Plants, plants. Um, and it Focus is. Full dismemberment. It, but, it, oh my gosh, I went to the Utah, I went to the first um, Ultimate Jousting competition in Vegas when they did that, and like, it is so crazy, like, you just like, am I going to watch someone eating killed or hurt or something? But it's so intense and it's so much fun, and I have a piece of wood from the, the winning plants from, from that one. So, that's one of my favorite uniquely Utah things, is like, yeah, we accept, embrace, and love things like that. We're like Kirk and Spock, best friend, fourth pigeon theory anyway. <laughs> Paper bear reference. Anybody get that? They were in jousting, you know, armor. Mm -hmm. ah! Yes, yes. I don't know if I have a favorite thing to do in Utah. I mean, the marathons are obviously awesome. I think, like you talked about, and I, I promise the sponsor is not paying me, but I love the movie theater experience. Yes. Um, I just think we, Utah does that really well. I think just being able to go and. There's like an energy, there's a buzz in the movie theaters here. I think even the fact that like when, um, you know, there's a new Pixar movie coming out um, and you'd be in the office and people would be like, oh, you're going to see that this weekend? Like, even for something very simple and small, very, you know, um, easy kind of movie people are excited about. So um, I just love the energy that I think that's kind of uniquely Utah, just the energy we have around movies and, and pop culture. Um, and, and kind of related to what we were talking about earlier, uh, I just love that Utah also has like, Big entertainment artists will come here. Uh, obviously, you have big movie premieres. You have a convention, you know, like a comic book convention kind of thing. And there's not, there's no short of fun things to do in Utah throughout the year. Um, and I just, I think that's pretty special for such a such a small city um, to have all these things uh, together. So. So many weekends, I'm like, which nerdy thing am I gonna do? How do I divide my energy? <laughs> it's for a city this size. You, that's a good point, Herb, because again, I, I lived in the Phoenix area for the last ten years before moving here about two or three years ago, and they have everything here. I mean, concerts, events, conventions, everything, because everybody's so involved and so active. Again, that could be the youth. It could be that uh, as the youngest state, not just the kids, but you think Gen, Gen X and, and, and millennials, right? So millennials were always seen as teens. No, millennials, the youngest millennial is like 26 now, and it goes 26 to 40, and then 40 to what, 53 or something is Gen X. And so that's all the people with the money now who have disposable income now, who grew up in the late 70s, 80s, into the 90s, who are now reconnecting with things that make them feel so good. And whether it's again comic conventions or movies or whatever, like Animaniacs being back on. Right, oh, we watched Animaniacs when I was a kid. I watched it every day after school. Right, mm -hmm. I was 12, 13 years old. I loved Animaniacs. Uh, I'm 40, and so that puts me right in the mix. Um, and I don't know if this is the right answer, but you mentioned kind of Temple Square. I, I will say what what Utah does so well because I'm a history nerd too. I love history, so the all encompassing kind of things. I my kids are gonna roll their eyes when we go to Lagoon. Yeah. Where do I like to go at Lagoon more than anything, Jackson? Say. The Pioneer Village. Yeah, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I like no, to go to the arcade. I'm telling you. I go, I'm like, guys, did you see this? There's like coins in here that they really use. And look at the gun museum. And look at this this rock church. They, they took it apart and they put it back together. I love that because, no, that was not a real town, but those were real buildings in real towns. And yeah. so for me, it's it's the putting you in a different space and exploring that space. So that's what I, I think that my love of history probably helps in my love of of exploring new worlds and new universes, like Star Wars, like going to Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, where I could just sit there, and I'd probably prefer to just sit there and just enjoy, right? And hear the music and hear the sound effects. And I mean, I love rides and things, and I love squeezing the most out of the experience, but for me, it's just experience. I mean, I go to Lagoon and I'm like, wow, this canopy of trees is fantastic. I'm such a dad, and I'm like, 
Oh, we're no longer two of these trees to grow, and oh, this, this amusement park is seven years older than Disneyland. I, that kind of stuff to me that immerse you in a space, I think is, is Utah really helps that out because this is the, if you look at any other city or state in the West, nothing compares due to the fact that we had that original group arriving in the 1840s. In Arizona, where we lived, and my wife and kids are from and grew up their whole lives, um, the O.K. Corral and Tombstone didn't even happen until the 1880s. I mean, consider that Utah had an existing culture and, and towns and cities 30 years before that. So Phoenix wasn't even a thing until the 1880s. Honestly, <laughs> but that's the truth. So Utah has a culture that existed decades before, and so having buildings that still exist and spaces that still exist, I just love that. So I, I, I don't know if that helps the whole fan culture and my pop culture love and my fandom, but for some reason, it's tied together. I never thought that, but it's so true. Like one of my favorite things is when my family goes to Park City, they're shopping. I'm just going building by building, right. looking at the plaques. They are older than yeah. So that's so cool. I never you thought go back east and they have places that existed in the 1700s, mm -hmm. but, but here it's so rare in the West. Natural spaces, petroglyphs, yes, mm -hmm. but having actual, you know, Western places, and I mean Western culture, you know, where people were actually trying to establish towns and cities, that, that's the, older than anywhere else in the West, is Salt Lake City. I love that, I love it. Andy. Oh, my favorite fandom things to do, I mean, I love going to see uh, the movies where they have the big setup in the lobby. In fact, oh, yeah. I, uh, I got to see Force Awakens early. That's one of the perks of being a movie critic, is you get to see stuff before everybody else. And, it would take me three hours to write about it. Sometimes I wish I didn't see it before everybody else and I could just go talk to somebody. But, uh, sometimes. <laughs> but he talks to me for three hours but, at my desk. I'm like, Andy, I gotta go. I gotta, yeah, I gotta, I gotta be on the air right now. True. It's true. <laughs> uh, but um, going, like, I, I took my kids over to the Megaplex theaters that night, even though we weren't gonna see it, just so they could be there for like the energy that's in the room. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, we got to take a picture on the Emperor's throne and you know, my kid ran into his, his elementary school teacher there with her husband, and it was just like, you know, all this stuff comes together, and and we, we enjoy it, and it's nice to be at a stage where, uh, you know, you, you, you can talk about it. You don't have to be like, uh, what did you do? Uh, nothing, because you went to Fanix, or you stayed home and watched a whole season of anime, and you binged all of Cobra Kai in one sitting because you tried to go to bed and then got up and went back down and watched a lot of things, so not that I'm saying I've ever done that, but you said that. Um, but, you know, honestly, I'm glad my friend Chris Hoffman's here. He's actually a local artist, and uh, he, he actually uh, has a, a, a team of local Utah superheroes called the Salt City Strangers. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you ought to check it out. It's really cool. I am also in one of the issues in one panel <laughs> on the that. news <laughs> reporting so live from somewhere. But, no, you know, he, he took uh, what... Uh, but Marvel tried to essentially copy him with the initiative, but he was already on top of that and had a team of solid heroes. But um, there's a talent base here. And if you haven't, if you ever come to Fanex, if you if all you're thinking about is a celebrity, that's cool to go to a celebrity, but you've got to walk down Artist Alley also and see some of the incredible talent because yes, some people come in from out of town and, and they're smart too because there's a huge market for it here. But there's some incredible local talent uh, that goes on here too and, and funny and you know, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, I would say that 90% of the stuff that I know fandom related, I experienced with Chris here. So I owe a lot of what I've gotten to do to the stuff I got to do with him. I had five or four siblings. And so we had, <laughs> we got one thing each. And if we broke it, we rose. <laughs> Chris, to his great generous credit, he was an only child and his parents had everything. And so we had everything to do. And I went to family, but we got to go to stuff. We went. He was the one who I went and saw Transformers with on opening day. I talked about that in the panel, and I've never seen it since. But a lot of the things that I got to do that have actually built into my sort of fan culture knowledge came. What I got to do with my friend. This is who I did the Dungeons and Dragons and the live action. We did the Star Wars role playing and the Marvel role playing games. We did them terribly, and that's what was so fun about it. Honestly, the worse you do those, the more fun it is, I promise you. But just, you know, having people around that also like it, you know, to go and see 10,000 of your closest friends at the Megaplex Theater that you never met. I mean, who, who saw Avengers Endgame on opening night in here? What was that reaction like when Thor, or when, uh, when Cap holds Thor's hammer? Spoiler for everybody that's two years old. But, like, did the theater not just blow up when he did it? You know, 
Right? Yeah. Did you get tears in your eyes? I mean, that's the kind of thing. It's a group experience. Oh, and many people like clap at the end of a movie. It's so much fun. I'm glad you mentioned that the unique artists and creatives are here because that's actually the next one, which is lesser known events or topics you want to talk about that's here in Utah. Um, There's so more than fanatics for cons. Like, you don't just have to wait for this con mm -hmm. to see stuff like that. So, the Utah Art Alliance is this awesome organization where artists all over the state come together and they do amazing, amazing things. Uh, they have a gift store and stuff in the Gateway, which is nearby. And I think they have a $5 off today, so you guys want to go if you're in costume. Um, but they have this, this uh, exhibit called Dreamscapes, and it features a ton of local artists that have put together these amazing, uh, just creative, dreamy, interactive experience. There's actually a secret quest in it. If you ask someone about it, they'll tell you about it there. Um, and one of my favorite local artists, Vio Arts, uh, VioArts.com is where you can find her stuff. She's made these really cool monster -y puppet and creatures and things, and they just, the creativity just blows my mind. So going to some place like Dreamscapes, where you get to actually sit and be a part of this artistic experience, even at, uh, for me who is a creative but not necessarily an artist, um, it is just an awesome opportunity. So that's one of my lesser-known events or topics that I would encourage people here in Utah to go explore. Yeah, I did find out about the whole Evermore Park thing. Yes. Um, shout out to people who know what that is. Um, I didn't know about that until like, a, like two years ago. And and when I tell people about it, or when people hear about it, they're like, oh, did you know there's this park that does this, this, and this? I'm like, yeah, but like, it's so under the radar, I still feel. Um, and I'm sure the Taylor Swift situation like brought that to light. Um, shout out to T Swift. Uh, but they did that on purpose, right? Yeah. Pretend lawsuit back and forth. Like it was yeah, uh, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that's one thing. I also just say that like Utah is so, and we all know this, you're all going to agree with me, but we're such a big, game-centered state. Um, yes. You go over someone's house, they immediately want to play uh, different games, um, and everyone has their opinions. Uh, I went to one uh, couple's house once, and we wanted to play Computer Assets. If you've ever played that, yep, um, shout out. But they wanted to play uh, Risk, and it's a, those are two very different games, very different timelines. Um, I never really played Risk until I was 13. So, long story short, everyone plays games here. There's a, variety of games to play, and I think that's pretty, that's an underrated thing that uh, nobody really talks about um, as much, so. Yeah. My kids are here, what have we played in the last week? Risk and Cover Your Assets, both of them. <laughs> I mean, we hadn't played games in a while, and we just thought, okay, we're gonna hunker down and sit down and go through our games, Risk and Cover Your Assets, honestly, yeah. honestly. Uh, I'll, I'll add to that, uh, and this kind of ties into toys. Toy stores, Teton Toys is a great toy store. We just had one open up near us, and I thought, thank goodness, because the Disney stores are now closed, or they're closing, and they said that Target is supposedly gonna have a bigger section, but I'm the kind of guy, I'm not a big collector, but I'm kind of a collector, my kids are collectors, so we will go immediately, every time we go to a department store, to the toy section, and now it's the lack thereof. I mean, it's just a mess, and Teton Toys is opening new places. There's a big one in Lehigh, there's one in Harriman now, and there's a, a few up north of Salt Lake. Are they like classic vintage toys, board all games? Of it, all of it, yeah. Can I just say that the job I tried to get as a teenager was in the toy department at Shopco, which I did not get, but my friend did. Oh, so you were Chris got the job there. So, I mean, you remember growing up there? Wow. KB Toys. Yeah. Oh, toys R Us. Toys R Us. Oh, we used to love going to Toys R Us. And my kids and I would go to Toys R Us and look at things. My dad was a toy designer. They, they used to, right, Dan? That's so cool. They loved it. Yeah, growing up, my dad uh, worked for toy companies. He's a sculptor still, and he makes things. And, um, but he works for different companies. He worked, like, when I growing up, my dad worked for Hasbro and Kenner and... Oh, that's right. I forgot about this. Tonka. Totally yeah. jealous. His dad worked on the Star Wars toys. Right. He was working on... Well, <laughs> let me... I had to ask him recently, like, Dad, I don't remember because we lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, where he worked for Kenner Toys when I was, uh, you know, three, four, five, and again when I was eight, nine, and ten. And I'm like, Dad, that's post-Return of the Jedi. What the heck were you working on? And he said, oh, I was working on the Ewoks for... The Ewoks battle for Endor. He was oh. working on these stuffed toys for the really bad Ewoks movies that at the time <laughs> we all kind of knew that they weren't quite up to snuff. But I still watched the Ewok adventure a hundred times. Oh, even they hated oh for it, sure. I just remember Battle for Endor. Oh, please tell me you're doing that, Alan. Come on. My dad, I asked my dad recently, I said, So what did you do then? What he said, Well, I worked on Ewoks. What does that mean? What do you mean you worked on Ewoks? Oh, it was the post Return of the Jedi. 
he walked stump toys, and his he had he always worked in soft toys. There were soft toys and hard toys. His friends who worked in hard toys worked in the figures, and my dad was always trying to blame the ones that interviewed for the toys that made us. Yes, for the toys that made us on Netflix. Netflix. All those guys on uh, that worked at Kenner. I I remember going in as a kid. We'd go into Kenner. Uh, My dad worked for the Koosh Ball Company, which was called Odds On at the time before they were bought by Hasbro, and Hasbro kind of gobbled everybody up. But no, so I yeah, that was my life growing up. Like, oh yeah, my dad makes toys. And you know that, that was my thing. It's true. It's always a lot less cool for the kids. It was well, it was always cool, but again, he always worked in girls' toys and soft toys, which were were cool, but they weren't like really so. Dad, cool. tell us about your Barbie. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's that's not soft toy. That's yeah, oh, no, the, the girls' true. toys. Yeah, that's true. How about Rainbow Bright? She was a soft toy. Care Bears. He worked, he worked on Care. He worked on Care Bears. He worked on Pound Puppies. He worked on a lot of. Now, when he said worked on, they're like rivals. Dad rich, I said, because he was an artist, not a. You know, he's like the guy who worked on the thing for the guy who came up with the idea, right? And so, it's tough in the business. So I mentioned him at the Christmas party, but all the money right. goes to the other guys. No doubt about it. Every movie we ever watched where they had a, an artisan who wasn't given the uh, the proper credit, my dad's back there going, "See, they're the ones doing the hard work." He did. I, I, I wish I had a picture to show you, but he did work on this. A friend of mine commissioned him to do a sculpture recently. What's the name of that? Uh, Phoenix bird out of the, the Harry Potter, the fox. Phoenix, yeah. yeah, he made one that's about this big. A guy commissioned him to make it recently, and so he sculpted it and did it all out of feathers. And that's so cool. That's, well, that, again, that's what my dad does. Growing up, like, yeah, that's I, he I makes toys. It. I love as we're doing this, we're keeping to our standard where we plan for a certain amount of time and we start we'll going way over it. Andy, <laughs> let's give let's give you a chance to answer um, what your what your dad has a chance to talk yet, Kelly. Uh, 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 suggest how people can get involved even if they're nervous. Well, honestly, uh, take the step. I'm gonna get, here's a pop culture analogy. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Only going to leap from the lion's mouth will he prove his worth. So Indiana Jones can't see the path. He doesn't know what's there. He has to take the step off. There's a bridge there that supports it. If you take the step, like whatever you like, it's okay to like whatever you like. I don't have to like what you like for it to be okay for you to like it. And you, I hope you, you should understand that, that it's okay if not everybody likes what you like, somebody else does. Mm-hmm. And if you reach out, I mean, we live in the information and connection age. If you like something, you will find somebody else who does. It doesn't, it's not, it's no longer, are you lucky enough to live near somebody who shares the same interests as you, so you can, you know, or, or go to the same school as somebody, although you will, you just didn't know it. Um, but now you can find them and you can reach out. I'm just curious if there's anybody here who is in the FanX uh, group on Facebook. Have you ever talked to anybody in the FanX group that you've never met before on Facebook? All the time. Have you ever met somebody here at FanX that you've got to know on the FanX group at Facebook yep. that you haven't necessarily met before? Okay, Alan, we met. Uh, Alan Sog, who runs Jedi, or is it uh, Idiots Array podcast for Star Wars? We met up because through social media and different things, he came up with one of the things that we did live. So, uh, you know, there's other people out there that like what you like. What, However obscure you think it is, there's somebody, and probably in the state even, that likes what you like. And even if they're not in the state, somebody somewhere does, and you can communicate with them for free. I, I want to add to that. Um, it's okay to go alone to something. Like, you, won't, you won't be alone long. I love that you said that. It's okay to go along with something. Um, I used to be so nervous and anxious about going to things that I would hide my fandoms and hide what I was, what brought me joy. And one time I just decided, I think it was one of the first Comic Cons here, I'm going to go alone. I had a blast. I met so many wonderful people and complimented so many outfits and met so many wonderful artists. Because the fact is, is I, you, you two walked in today in their dress as Hades and Persephone from Laura Limbus. Immediately, I got See, I so excited and started talking to them. Like, and even though I'm coming in, I'm coming in alone. I've just made some new friends <laughs> because we like the same fandoms. Go alone, talk to people, compliment each other's pins and outfits, ask them what fandom they're excited about. You're gonna make friends. You're gonna have so much fun. And like, it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to maybe bring a pair of headphones and arm on so you can kind of pretend you're just. Don't talk to me. Just go experience it and, and just enjoy the things that you enjoy. I and think as a dad, that's what you want to teach your children too is it's okay to be different. It's okay to love what you love. And so that's what I've done. I feel like fandom's done that for my kids where 
my son, uh, who's here, uh, a few years ago, three or four years ago, uh, he, my wife and I helped him make his own stormtrooper armor out of cardboard, and he wore it, and he was sporting it to a giant uh, comic convention that was at the time known as Comic Con, <laughs> Phoenix. So we walked in, and as we walked around, and people stopped to take pictures with him, and they saw. Now it broke apart piece by piece, and now we had to add keep pieces away because it wasn't meant to be mobile. But I mean, how old were you, Jackson? When you did that, twelve, probably. And he's since built other things like, hey, Dad, check this out. This is what I did. But showing them that you know what, you do that, you're a rock star. People love it, and why do they love it? Because it brings them joy. That's the thing about fandom and uh, collecting and enjoying popular culture. It's, it's just because you enjoy it and you want to have fun with it, and other people want to do that too. That's awesome. Uh, we have about one minute left, Curve. Do you have anything to add to that? Uh, I would just say, wear, wear your colors. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many yeah. times. No, no, sorry, I just agree. I would just agree. You know, just agree. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, no, when you're in the store, I mean, I can't imagine how excited I get excited all the time. I see someone wearing a t shirt, something I like, right? Um, or even something I'm trying to figure out. So make sure you're wearing your shirts, your your attire, your you know sweatpants that have stormtroopers on them. Um, just just yeah, promote your own fandom. Don't be nervous. The state is great for meeting people, and it's great for wearing your stuff out there. So uh, yeah. And I'm so great to be able to meet you guys today to celebrate our fandom, including my my uh, celebration of Utah. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Fan Effect Podcast, a KSL News Radio podcast. Beyond sci-fi, fantasy, gaming, and tech, we are excited to share with you our knowledge and arguments on everything pop culture and fandom. Uh, based in the beautiful Beehive State, Fan Effect celebrates Utah's unique fan culture, and we are excited to bring you local guests that feel the same way. I am your host, Kellyanne Halverson. Andy Farnsworth is my co-host is my co-host down there. <laughs> uh, and listen regularly on your favorite platform at KSLNewsRadio.com, on the KSL News Radio app, at KSLPodcast.com, um, or anywhere you get your podcast. <laughs> Do you have a fun idea or local fan culture topic you would like us to explore? Let us know by messaging our Facebook page at Fanfic Show. Uh, we can also get the latest nerdly updates and join the conversation. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, on Fanfic Show. And thanks again for listening, and we hope you guys will join us again for another episode of Fan Effect. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.